Ready to rise through the ranks of the online marketing hierarchy? Take some notes from the original Royals of Revenue, the Internet Traffic Kings. We're about to open up a treasure chest of knowledge from the best of the best. With your hosts, Kevin the Cook Father, DiVincenzi, the original Big Fabu, John Fondy, and the ultimate compliance conciliary, Attorney Bennett Kelly. In three, two, one. Welcome yet again to another episode of Internet Traffic Kings. I'm the big Fabu John Fondi, broadcasting from the studio here at UNLV in fabulous Las Vegas. I'll tell you, we've got a great show planned for you, as we always do, and we've got great guests. I do want to remind you that this is a non-ad-sponsored show, so if you really want to help us out, we'd appreciate it if you go to uh, Google Podcasts. Give us five stars. We'd really appreciate that. As having you watch it on Spotify, go to our Facebook page. Join us there and uh, like us, uh, look at us on uh, the YouTube channel, and go ahead and spread that around. And of course, go to our our uh, website, uh, internettraffickings.com. And I'll tell you, it's been a great week here, and it's going to be a great show. I can't wait to bring on our guest. But we're going to keep her in the waiting room and keep you suspended a little bit. Kevin, great opportunity, man. Great guest, always coming. What's up this week with you? Oh, I'm, ex- I'm excited. Our, our guest this week, Forbes Riley, she's going to be a firecracker. She's a uh a well-accomplished uh, young woman. So I'm very excited to uh, to talk to her. Uh, speaking of Apple Podcasts, John, uh, we're well over 200 five-star reviews. So people are loving the show. So we will keep doing it. Well, and the, and the reason we want you to, to give us those five-star reviews is because, uh, again, this is a gift, uh, Kevin's gift to you guys. And uh, and he's willing to uh, to basically give you some you know inside baseball information if you contact him, but he charges a thousand dollars an hour for this. So hey, give us a little, give us a little love and give us a little star. We'd appreciate that. Well, and the more well. five stars we get, the more that they share that Apple shares it with its algorithms and shares the show. So the more people can get to listen to it, the more five stars we get. So, and so I was trying to to tease our guest, but Kevin kind of gave her away a little oh, bit here. But I'll tell you, she's a she's phenomenal as well. And the one we and she and she's a female, and that's a great thing. About about it because so much of our industry, Kevin, is male driven, and anytime yes. we can get a female this accomplished to be on this show, and uh, and essentially just uh, just just toss her the keys to the castle and let her run with it. Absolutely, no, she's uh, a wide wide uh, variety of uh, of different skills she has. So very excited to talk to her. I you know I read her bio, obviously booked her on the show. Uh, now I'm part of her inner circle on Facebook, and yeah, she's got a lot going on. Even even with COVID, <laughs> yeah, and, and it's and it's so great. She'll tell us a story. We want you guys to kick around after after the last break, as how she goes, tells us all her highs and all of her lows as well. And and so many people in our industry, Kevin, that that do really well are the superstars of our industry. Uh, they're so humble, you know. It's yep. mostly the young kids that we find out coming in that are making the millions of dollars. And and we've been through those guys before, but yeah. the people that are really there. And I I find the same thing with. Uh, the actors and actresses that I work with, you know, the bigger the star they are, the more humble that they are. And, sure. uh, and then the flash in the pans are those are the people that, uh, that they just don't, don't get it. And, and uh, you know, it's like, you don't tell somebody your image. Uh, you let them uh, assume that image uh, by what you do and what you say and, and your integrity says it all. And Kevin, you're a classic example of that. Oh, thank you, John. And at some point it, it, doesn't all mean the same thing. You know, it's not just about fame or money or um, <clears throat> what material things you have. It's more basically just uh, 
what what you can do, how you can give back. And I think we'll probably touch on that a little bit in the episode too, about all the things that you do, John, as far as giving back to the community. I know that you and I worked on a few charities together and I was honored to be able to work with you on those. And I know that's one of your big passions and that really encompasses who you are. You know, although you have all these great accomplishments in regards to your, your very long TV career, your acting career, and now to be the co-host of Internet Traffic Kings, which obviously is the pinnacle of your career. Um, I'm but not the, worthy. I'm not worthy. At, at no. the end of the day, it, it's really what you're giving back. That's what's really making you feel whole. Uh, I believe, at least for me, that's really what it is. You know, it's, uh, you know, two things in life uh, that I basically say is, uh, hey, you know, you're, you're, uh, you've got skills, use those skills to help somebody else out. And the other thing is do good work and the money will always follow. And, right. uh, Correct. You know, we're examples of that as well. And, um, and the one, uh, the smallest word that I learned, which is one of the most powerful words that I learned through my career is having the ability to say no, because we can't do everything. And uh, sometimes we make, we got to think about those choices and it's okay to say no because it, and because it's going to make us feel good. And a lot of times my, my charity team will ask me, or somebody is going to write a check and they say, well, how much should I give? And my answer is, well, just, just, just give until it feels good. And that's, uh, and that's what we look at. And that's why we're, we're so, so uh, subsequently, so successful and stuff. So, and uh, success also kind of breeds heat. And when I start talking about heat, you know exactly where I'm going with this. And uh, that's exactly what we've got here in Las Vegas, 115 degrees this week. And uh, so we're going to make you sweat a little bit with some questions. Are you up to it? Sounds great. I've already uh, spoken to Riley and I have a surprise for you when she comes on as well. So go ahead, give me the heat. I'm going to give it right back to you later (laughs) in the episode. (laughs) Okay. Sounds awesome. So, hey, this comes from Barbara and she's in Miami, Florida, down uh, where Brasco is at and uh, where Forbes is at. And then she asks, how are you adjusting your ads to be more sensitive during these times? And have you made any adjustments? Oh, that's a capital A adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've, we've, we've definitely made adjustments as far as, uh, I think I touched on it before. I mean, people are still buying, right? People are still buying luxury items. People are still, you know, especially buying essentials. Um, it's just... Some of our wording we've changed in regards to, you know, not using sensitive words um, at this time and also understanding that more people are at home, so they're, they're not gathering. And it's, 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 a, it's a hard question to answer as a whole, but basically, we've, we, yes, we've made quite a bit of changes, but just for where we are right now. The, if, the, if and when the vaccine comes out and World 2.0 kicks in, uh, we'll make the adjustments back, but we we definitely have been more sensitive in this time. Well, awesome, good answer. I and, and, it. and with that said, John, there's markets that we're not touching, right? As far as the masks, sanitizers, all these different things have been thrown at us. Obviously, when the pandemic happened, you know everybody's trying to make a quick buck. We chose not to opt into any of those um, because the, the fast dollar means nothing, um, and it wasn't doing any good for anybody else. So that's, uh, that's just our approach and how we've, we've just stayed certain with our products, our services, knowing more people are at home to, you know, look at their health and care, their healthcare expenses or their, their Medicare benefits or their final expense or their burial insurance. 
So a lot of those services we we definitely ramped up, um, but also being sensitive in that ad copy and how we're delivering it. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, our, our next guest is Rick, and he's from uh, Calabasas, which is right over the hill from where you're at down in Malibu. As yep. well. He says he's been buying YouTube ads, and he's not having a whole lot of success with it, and he's looking for a little success, little little help to make him a little more successful. Well, you, YouTube, we're, we're buying a bit now as well. It's uh, it's its own animal. Um, you've got so many different ways that you can buy on YouTube, whether it's a promoted post or it's uh, – consideration. Kyle Solarud, who was on our show, gosh, episode 12, I believe, he's got a YouTube ad strategy that I would highly recommend, uh, Rick. Uh, that I would highly recommend, Rick, wa uh, watch and go through that. I think it's a 14-day course, totally free. Uh, that'll give you a lot of tips and tricks. I've gone through about half of it so far. There's definitely some stuff that I did not know um, myself as well. So I would, I would definitely do that. So it's Kyle Solarud and, uh, YouTube, uh, I think it's YouTube marketing strategy is the name of it, but if you Google him, you'll find it. Yeah. He was a great guest and yes. uh, really kind of broke it down. And again, as we say, you know, quite often with so many people that come on the show are also willing to give back and, and For just sure. like you, it's like, Hey, let's, let's engage first and we'll figure out where we're going to go from there. And his course is, is, it's he's he's really good on camera too, so he's a lot right. of fun to watch yeah. as well. So Kevin, want to thank you for for uh, letting me put you in the in the hot seat. I, You're next, Johnny. You're I, next. I, you don't I, know what's coming. I kind of feel like I'm going to be in for it. But I You're in for it. it. So uh, yes. anyway, hey, stick around. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more <laughs> and our special guest Forbes Wiley. Not making as much money as you want in the net. The internet traffic kings are by far your best bet. 24 years at the top of the game. Spotify and iTunes, look for them by name. New episodes every Thursday. The Internet Traffic Kings. And welcome back. I'm the Big Fat Boo, John Fondy, broadcasting from the studio here at UNLV in uh, fabulous Las Vegas. And we got a great show for you, as you can probably tell already. And I'm so excited. I got to give kudos to Kevin because he gets the greatest guests on the show. And uh, this is one of my favorites. And I was so excited to have her on the show. She's done everything and she's done it well. And she's going to do it again and show us how she's doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, give a warm Internet Traffic Kings welcome to Forbes Riley. Sound goes wild. Didn't you love when that happens? Thank you guys very That's much. Now, you and I have an insane history. Why don't you tell everybody how we met? Well, it's so true. Uh, we uh, we started carving out our careers back in Hollywood uh, from a few years ago, nevertheless. And uh, so I had a chance to work with Forbes, and uh, she walked on the set and uh, just took control of it. Not physically, but uh, just with her spirit and everything. We worked together, and I knew that. There was something about Forbes Riley that uh, I couldn't put my finger on it. So I just kind of kept hanging around and watching your career and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, boom, the bells and whistles went off. And you uh, you went into international speaking and spokesperson and things. And, and you went into fitness. And I thought, I like this girl. She's like us. Never sleeps. Uh, is ADD, just keeps on doing it. And you've turned it into a great career. And I tell you, not only are you my mentor, but you're a mentor to everybody all over the world. Thanks so much for coming on the show. I am just your typical overnight 20, 30 years in the making success. And I will tell you, uh, yeah, it's funny because I, have a, I own a television studio. I've actually built quite a little empire over here. And I think I did it because I didn't know how else to do it. 
Uh, I never learned the rules. And I tell people that please don't follow whatever rules there are. I always go left when people say go right. Uh, even from the time I was a little girl, I ended up graduating a year of high school uh, early and even college. I did high, I did college in three years with two degrees. Don't ask uh -huh. how I did that. And then as soon as I got finished with college, I, I was a dreamer. I was a very ugly little girl growing up. I had a broken nose, like literally kind of a weird broken nose because I hit a baseball bat when I was a little girl. I had braces for eight years. And both of you guys probably don't relate to the fact that little girls want one thing. Well, two things. They want to be pretty. They want to be popular. I wasn't either one of those. And I watched a lot of television where girls were pretty and popular, like Marsha Brady. She had straight blonde hair. And when she got hit in the face with a base with a football and hurt her nose, she didn't go to the prom. And so by default, I realized that I was kind of ugly and awkward. And it led for a very isolated childhood. Now, the interesting thing looking back on that is I spent a lot of time dreaming. I can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with you on any trivia from 1960s and 70s TV and movies because that's all I did. And I dreamed a lot. I could see a life that wasn't mine. We had a very small little house growing up, two parents who just loved me, but no relatives outside of that. And when my dad had a really bad accident, he was a machinist, he got his hand caught in a machine and it ripped off the whole front of his hand. Oh, wow. He spent three years in the hospital. Now, I learned a lot about that. I learned about compassion. I learned why my fitness products, I'm really committed to people who, are, who can't get to a gym for a lot of different reasons, whether they're in a wheelchair or they just don't want to go to a gym. And so I know you've seen my little handheld fitness product, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But okay. this idea of dreaming, and one of the weirder dreams that I've come to realize, you know, being a speaker is the best thing I've ever done because it allowed me to go back and make stories out of what was pretty tragic while I was going through it but now serve to be great life lessons for others. So one of those was we had one big house in our town and it had all these little cypress trees. And I thought, oh, those are rich people trees. Well, it was across the street from my orthodontist. So I always saw this house. I could, you couldn't really see it through the trees. My dad's hospital overlooked this. He was on the top floor of that. And he was there for almost three years. And I would just stand, I would look at this house. It was big red brick with this, one of those giant circular driveways and two giant chimneys. And I thought, what is Christmas like for those kids? I bet for Halloween, they give out full candy bars. And I had this concept, of what must it be like to be a millionaire, a billionaire? And right out of college, the first thing that I did, and I had zero qualifications, I've lived my life with one motto, fake it till you make it. And I'm not kidding. At some point in my acting career, when I couldn't get an agent, I opened up an agency called Creative Management, and I hired a woman named Lindsay Maxwell. And Lindsay <laughs> is me, and she had the most wonderful client named Forbes, right? Oh, Forbes is just one. No, you must meet her. And Lindsay was very pushy. I got a lot of work through her, a lot of work. That's and I great. know that's insane, and I never no, told it's it. great. it's great. But I never admitted this because I thought, oh, people are going to find out and think I'm such a fraud. But it worked. Mm -hmm. And so my first job, I opened the newspaper, and there was a, a, for a social secretary for the Grace family. Well, they were billionaires. W.R. Grace had this massive building right on 6th Avenue and a 15-bedroom apartment. It was massive. And I went in there, and I knew I was definitely rough around the edges, and so did Mrs. Grace, but she liked my energy. And she just said, all right, if you'll do what I tell you, I'll teach you what you, know, you, what you came here to learn. And one day, it was so embarrassing. We're driving in the car out to their big country club, and she said, you need to get Louis Vuitton out of the, tr out of the trunk. And I'm like, who's in the trunk? <laughs> she said to me, she said, you'll learn. And I said, you know what? I will. And I became this apprentice to a billionaire because my, my house, we had plastic on the couches. We had the same furniture, the same, you know, little set that my parents got from like the local departments, wherever it was. And we didn't have much, but we had a lot of love. Well, ironically, I looked at their home and they didn't have as much love as I did. So I kind of put together that a healthy combination of these things 
But I also look, we entertain a lot of barons and earls and princes, and I was such the fish out of water. Talk about Cinderella story. And I just observed and I watched and I took things that I liked and I left things that I didn't. And they all thought that I was so cute because I was already on television. I was acting. I was doing some soap operas. And they thought that was just so cute. She's an actress. And I took all that into life. And I take all of the experiences that I have right now. I raised a little boy, John, I don't know if you realize, for 12 years from South Central, a very black little boy named Dexter Rideout, who I got at the Big Brother, Little Brother program. And I love that that little crazy boy so much. You know, we're all talking about this whole black, white, prejudice type thing. Well, imagine, we're, I mean, he's eight years old. He has a mom. They live in South Central. And my ex and I, he's a big blonde guy, spent a lot of time. We're the only white faces that we saw for a very long time. And I, I can't tell you what we learned, what they learned by having an open mind. But sure. Dexter came to the table. He thought we were supposed to buy him stuff and do this for him. And I'll tell you what, 12 years later, he learned amazing lessons. But people in his neighborhood didn't. So one day my Dexter was walking from a haircut to church right after my babies were born. He was wearing blue, kind of like I'm wearing right now, minding his own business. He was a good kid, no tattoos, no, ki- no gangs, nothing. Just walking to church from a haircut. And a kid who wanted to get into a gang jumped out of a car behind him, shot him 10 times, unloaded an entire clip into my little boy and left him for dead on the sidewalk. I'm so sorry. Wow. He was the best man at my wedding. My wedding photos were on the cover of the LA Times. Now, you want to talk about an out-of-body experience? They looked for the killer for three weeks. Well, we did after a couple months. They gave up. Three years later, I sat through a full-on, not CSI, but real murder trial, something you should never, ever, ever, ever experience in your entire life. And I got to stand up in court with the TV cameras on me, talking to the kid who killed my boy. And I, I you go, wow, really? And so I'm watching what's going on, and I'm like, my emotions are all over the place, but my sense of compassion for people that you don't understand continues to get really big. And you go, wow, Forbes, a lot of this stuff happened to you. You kind of wonder why. Did you guys read the news two years ago? I was the eyewitness to the Las Vegas shooting. And don't ask me why I have a front row seat to tragedy. Literally, all the footage that you see, if you Google my name and Las Vegas shooting, you'll see that footage overhead. That's from my iPhone. Wow. And I'm so i gone through a fair amount. And I realized that if I don't, talk about these and make them life lessons. What was the point of going through all that tragedy? Absolutely. The big motto is life happens for you, not to you. Whatever happens to you, find the lesson in that. Don't give up. And that's what you guys have certainly not done and keep going because maybe it's not all about you. Well, that's the great, thing I like about one. you, Kevin. You've got some similar stories of where you you started. And you kind of came up through the ranks and never thought that you'd be where you are now. But but uh, you've been humble the whole way, and I don't think you've ever burned a bridge or or turned your back on anybody. And and that, it's obvious to everybody as well. And and that's got to make you feel good inside as well. Oh, for sure, John. And I agree a hundred percent with Forbes. Everything has a lesson in it. You know, it's you, and you can take take lessons in life just from any experience. And you've got a great outlook, Forbes. And going through all that tragedy, I could only imagine. Um, it's you know, take something good. Otherwise, it's just gonna it's gonna consume you, literally. Right. Yeah. Now I'll tell you. So I've had an amazing career. I know you guys have seen me on infomercials. I've done 189 yep. infomercials, and wow. I've grossed over 2.5 billion dollars in product sales. It has been a phenomenally crazy ride. And some of it I didn't know. You know, Jack LaLanne and I had one conversation uh, to almost 14 years ago 
in a studio in Toronto, no real script, just this passion of these two people meeting and exploding. That one conversation was heard about 400 times a week here in the United States. And then for eight years in 80 countries, we sold a billion dollars of Jack LaLanne juicers. Wow. I, tell you, I know, that's crazy. And that led me to think maybe I can do it. And I launched my own product. I have a and you guys don't have one. You definitely need one because I'll tell you what. Okay. No. Crazy thing. This is not a resistance band. In fact, I had a resistance band slip off my foot and shatter my nose in my 30s. And wow. I adamantly don't like them. And I definitely wanted to be fit. And I put in my intention that I want to find something that's mine. And this is a crazy little office product that I found over in the UK. I did a lot of work over there. Mm -hmm. And when I touched it and the way it spins and my background is a dancer. And by the way, I was bullied my whole life about being overweight. I have a passion for, not for fitness. This is the crazy thing. I was a dancer, but I was a chunky dancer because I didn't understand how to eat. Right. My mom was 260 pounds my whole life. So, Devin, you're from New York. She was like a good old mama. You know, I got to tell you, we had pizza, yeah. pasta, and matzah in my neighborhood. And every time <laughs> you did something, man, you got food, you got a cookie, you got yep. cake. Come on, what do you... We ate all the time, whether we were sad or happy, we ate. Yep. And it was not good if you want to be an actress. I mean, here I am on a soap opera, standing next to Meg Ryan and Julianne Moore on As the World Turns. They're like toothpicks. There's the two of them and there's me. Now, by comparison, I look big and fat right now. Well, I'm not big and fat. I might've been 15 pounds overweight, but I had to go to Overeaters Anonymous. I was bullied and I didn't understand food. And I certainly sure. didn't understand how to do exercise. Well, it all came to a head for me when I bought my mom a year-long membership in Long Island at the Bally's Long Beach, you know, workout place. A mm -hmm. year. I get my mom, who always wore moo's, who didn't right. go swimming with us. She didn't ride bikes. She just, she would watch from the sidelines and wave, but she never participated because she was big and she just couldn't. Yep. I get her to the doorway, guys. And I come on, let's go. And she's like, I can't. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean you can't? Come on, I paid for it. Let's go. She's like, I can't. I'm like, yes, you can. And she started to cry. I said, what's going on here, mom? And she said, look, she said, I can't go in there. She said, they all know how to use machinery. I'm intimidated. I don't want to feel any bad, worse than I do right now. I'm going home. And she did. And she died at 70. And she smoked and had diabetes. And she was the most wonderful mom. And I miss her like crazy. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had something like this. And I said, look, mom, you know what? I, I have Mary Colazzo. Mary just lost 168 pounds doing spin gym. Wow. For about 10 minutes a day. So let me tell you something. I've created a world over here. I have That's thousands great. of testimonials That's of people in wheelchairs who will never get to the gym. I've got Pedro. He's got no arms. He's got hooks and he spin gyms. Stop telling me that what you can't do. Because the truth is, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right. So you yeah. I may be open at a can of worms here, but can people get a hold of your product? Yes, of course they can. So the best thing that you can do is go to Forbes 360. All my stuff is right there on your phone. But this little guy is called a spin gym. Mm -hmm. And the science behind it, first of all, if you unspin it, it's basically a round piece of metal. Now, my dad was an engineer and a magician, which leads to some of the reasons why I think weird. <coughs> and if you don't wind it up, you can stretch with this thing. And I know you don't have one, but when you use this to stretch or you take your two fingers that you've been texting and typing with and do this, you get this sense of like, oh my God, this feels so good. And then you take Very it like cool. this and you wind it up, you pre-wind it, you give it a tug. And when this thing starts spinning and you can, I mean, it's like literally up to 24 pounds of resistance. You can only do a few minutes and I will break out in a sweat. And I don't want to do that right here, but I'll tell you what, this is the only product that you can do in a little zoom box. And all my right. clients, all my students, we just take a few minutes after a lunch break, like tomorrow I'm teaching all day. 
We take two or three breaks. We come back, we turn on some music and we dance. And because of this way it activates your core, it's like, oh my gosh, I just feel so good. So that is what this is. I can't and you get the spinning it. mechanism, so it's almost like a fidget spinner with the workout benefits. Right? Oh, let me tell you, it's a it's a fidget, fidget spinner <laughs> on steroids. Have right. you, guys, you guys have never seen any of the videos of this? No, no, I, but I, I will after this for sure. It's called a spin gym. Can you guys see that? Oh, I think yeah, that. Yeah, yep. Somewhere in there, and you could go to you can go to um uh, shopspingym.com, okay. and it's there in black and gold and green, and it's it's unbelievable. Well, and then the other thing, John, that I don't know that you don't, if you know, but I'm also in love. And I will tell you, not only in love with my two 17 year old twins who are going, mommy, is high school going to be really, really weird for us? And the answer is, whoa, you have no idea how weird it's going to get. Right. But I fell in love with a gentleman who present company excluded is one of the fittest men on the planet. And have you guys seen a picture of him? Yep. Uh huh. We have. Yeah, I, I just can't get enough of it. So just I'm going to take a break and just kind of stare at him if you don't mind for a minute. No, but I have a little game that I actually play with, with myself and other people because I say, guys, I just turned 60. What are the odds that you're going to find somebody who not only looks this good, but is amazingly sweet? And so I show that picture and I go, well, okay, maybe I can put it back here. There you go. We can see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's a, so actually Joshua uses my spin gym. And you go, wait a All second. Right. Really? Well, because I'll tell you what, it actually works. Right. And it's funny too, because now I'm experiencing a lot of haters. And I will tell you guys, if you're dealing with hate, could you just like give it a break? Yes, Joshua is 17 years younger than me. And yes, he only loves me for my money. I'm sorry, does that sound stupid to you? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I'll tell you what, the first year, I actually tell people, look, I'm really not that rich, but I'm really good in bed. <laughs> yeah. I go, because I want to mess back with people. I have yeah, to tell sure. you, I this man, when I first met him, looked at me and somehow said, you need me. I'm like, what? And he's only, as a person, you know, he, you never look behind the curtain and you all judge way too fast. This is a young man who lost his dad when he was two years old. Dad was killed in a car crash. And then his mom, they came from a very small town. Years later, she married the dad's brother, his uncle, because they wanted to take care of the two boys. Yeah. Stepdad was killed in a car crash when he was 15. Jeez. I got to tell you, I don't know how long your dads were with you, but dads really shape who you are. And when you don't have one, you have a different sense of loyalty and wanting to be loved and take care of somebody. And that's, I'm the benefit of all of that. And I, I, I love that every day. It's been four years and I'm loving it. But I will tell you, January 1st, he had just won another national, actually international in Mexico, a fitness competition. He was getting ready to go to the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. Mm -hmm. Big, big final one of his career. Arnold invited him personally. And uh, January 1st, he was the fittest human on this planet, at least one of top 50. January 2nd, he was in a coma in ICU. He'd been on a motorcycle. He wears great gear, just going to a movie by himself, not speeding. Kid comes out and bam! Wow. He didn't even have time to notice what hit him. And for the last six months, my Joshua's been in a wheelchair and trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. He still, right now, he just started working, walking with a cane and wow. shattered his foot. And so this whole last six months, while it's been weird for everyone, right. it's been particularly weird for us. Uh, for the first three months, you know, we just hung out in bed. I watched a lot of Netflix right. and hoping that this beautiful man that I love would be able to be who he wanted to be in this life. Mm -hmm. And so, again, the life lesson is, one, don't take this shit for granted. Don't don't keep judging people by what you think you see. I love when people right. find something about me and go, oh, oh, because you're not perfect. <laughs> Never said I was. In fact, I am working this whole 
life like everybody else one day at a time, but I decided to step out front because I know, John, you got a sense that I've had leadership quality my whole life. My problem is I just want to be an actress and a TV host. I was so happy. I helped create the X Games. I've done game shows and all kind of, it's just been a great life. But this part of my life now is really about giving back. I've written a lot of books. Actually, I just wrote a pamphlet book about my, my theories. One I call the Grubhub. Two I call begin with the end in mind, permission. Things that actually allow me to live my life differently. And I see that because I have a lot of students. I have thousands of students at the moment. And a couple things I teach. I know one of them, I'm going to maybe let you ask any question at all in the entire show. But uh, <laughs> one of them is communication. How we talk to ourselves and how we talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And it breaks my heart. Having done this kind of work for so long, it's been about 18 years I've been teaching, to find out that most people don't think they're worth it. They don't deserve it. They don't believe they're good enough. And that comes from something in their past. And they carry that baggage with them to new relationships. You've met these people. Where and they're the, not- the mind is so powerful, right? Forbes and even, you know, anxiety is all, is all you, can, you can have all these and having gone through extreme anxiety years ago and, and solving it to understand that the mind can create all this. I mean, even physical ailments and it, it's, it's just crazy when you think about it. So sure, if you're giving yourself negative uh, feedback, that's how you're going to live your life, right? How you do anything is how you do everything. So, See, and you learned that. You guys both yeah, did, which is why absolutely. you're still here and still doing it. You probably don't have to be doing this. You choose to. Yeah, yeah. But people are suffering out there in ways that you couldn't imagine. Sure. Did you know that a lot, I would say 75% of the people who come to me for business training and communications have been hurt, raped, or molested when they were little? Wow. Yeah. I've been heartbroken to find this out. And so that's one reason that they are not living their full potential. But I will tell you, you can change all of this. The other thing is actual verbal communication. So I'm going to try, can I try a game with you guys? Yeah, yeah. Come on, let's play. All right, so John, let me ask you a question. (laughs) John, if somebody says to you, what do you do? What do you say? Well, I basically kind of start out with uh, telling them I I help children and children's education. Okay. Do you say how you do that? If you ask me. Well, okay, but what if I don't, what if I didn't need to ask you because in one or two sentences, you could tell me everything I might need to know. You could get a yes and we could get into business together. That's absolutely true. Learning, learning how to get your point across quickly and politely and uh, with confidence. Right. So, because I still don't really know what you do. You say you help children, children's education, but what do you actually do? We raise money to take uh, kids in the foster care system when they graduate and provide them uh, with a college education, either a trade school, uh, uh, local college, or even UNLV as well. So that's very profound, which you didn't say in the very beginning. We might never have gotten to the good stuff in your conversation. John, why do you do that? And not because you like helping people, but in your past, what is it about education and helping kids that triggered this when you were younger? Um, well, I started uh, doing uh, children's charities 40 years ago with the March of Dimes. Why? And uh, finally got to the point of saying, I'm going to do this on my own no, because... No, 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 why? Why Why is that so important to you? Did you have a good family growing up? I had a good family, but God gave me a lot of gifts, and I feel I should uh, unwrap those gifts and give them to other people. Like what? What's one of those gifts? Uh, personality. Uh uh, the ability to to say no to somebody, the ability to get up tomorrow and go, what do I want to do tomorrow and figure it out? And right, but not you, be- well, hang on, hang on. Let's go back to March. It's not everybody goes down the road of helping kids. I kind of want to get one little trigger that makes you so unique about why kids. Do you have kids? I don't, no. Ah, well, that's interesting. All right, so let's play a game here. 
I really love seeing John in the hot seat. I'm just loving this. Thank you so much, Forbes. <laughs> yeah, even my staff here in, in our studio is laughing right now. Are they? Yeah. All right, why did you choose not to have kids? It was, uh, first of all, I have a hard time raising a dog or a plant, so I didn't feel comfortable. But then I dove into my career and I stayed in my career and uh, and just, it just didn't ever seem right for me. Okay, but you've got this big heart. So next time somebody asks you, hey, John Fondy, what do you do? And you say, you know, Forbes, I don't have my own children, but I have got so much to give. And I realize that while 10% of our kids, that's what our population is now, but they're 100% of our future. If I could make a little dent in that, I raise money to help foster kids get an education. And I would love to see if you want to be part of that. That's We've got, I think we're recording that, so I'm going to transcribe. <laughs> that's what you do. That's two sentences, but look what an impact. I got chills when even I said it. Now I want to help you. <laughs> I'm open. I'm open and willing. And so that's right. awesome, man. But so you take that little moment, which most people throw away and don't realize. So, Kevin, oh, come on. Come on, baby. What do you do? What do I do? I do online marketing and deal negotiation. And good for you. And if you say you drive, but here's the, if you say you drive traffic, most people would go, do you drive a truck? Yeah, no, gen generally I'll explain it, Forbes, that, um, that we buy and sell traffic pretty much like buying and selling stocks. So we buy and sell different assets. And All right, so I'm going to play a different game with you, Kevin, because while oh you know what you do, the layman doesn't and they need your services. This is where you guys are missing something. I hear life like a six-year-old. It's why I've made $2.5 billion for people in infomercials. How do you hear mass? So, Mr. Kevin, let me change the question. Sure. Hi, what can you do for me? That all depends. See, I've, I've got my my opening statement crafted so that I weed out. Give it to me. No, I'm saying I, I've got it so I weed out a lot of people that are not on the same level, meaning that we don't want the, you know, the smaller clients or the looky-loose. We have big thresholds. After doing this for so long, we only want to deal at the top, right? We call ourselves the steak and the lobster of the industry. And not to not to go on a rant, but that's just our our niche and where we work. Okay, but so we're not looking to educate the masses, nor just find the clients that we can gel with and we can we can do well. Well, stay. but I'm going to tell you, you have a big heart. Okay. You're very generous. So I'd be very careful about how you say what you do and what you don't do. Sure. I realize that you take on the you know the topper end clients, but you shouldn't negate the little guys, which is a lot of people right now. Maybe you can steer them to a direction oh, so they don't feel left out. We help the little guys. We help them for free. We do a lot of consulting pro bono. And help them and put them in the right direction. We just don't onboard them as clients. That's which is totally fine. But so when somebody says, "What do you do?" You say, "Hey, you know what? I have mastered the art of making money on the internet. Something most people don't do. We do it whether it's by driving leads. But I got to tell you, when you master this craft, like we have at the level we have, you print money in your sleep. Is that something you might want? No, that 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 sounds more like a uh, a Don Lapree for my one bedroom apartment. I mean, I like it, but again. You don't, but you don't have, but you. But that's not the audience I'm going after, though. That's 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 the 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 audience that I'm going after is the astute business person that already understands my value prop to them. So it's not. Well, so then I know, so I so play with me for a second because me that, it comes it comes off a little too hypey. I'm just being very honest. Well, I mean, that might be hypey, but that's not for the average person. I'll tell you what. Sure. The average person has no idea who's a brick and mortar person at all that they could make money in their sleep on the internet. And that's kind of, sure. I don't want it to sound too hypey, but yep. that was the audience I was directing that to. So they were like, Oh okay. wow. I didn't even know that was possible. But now you look at your audience. 
Right. And I would find a way to weave in a bit of credibility in the first bit of words so that I do know that you're that amazing. How much money have you generated online? Uh, over a billion dollars. Right. So, I, years. so if you, but if you say that in your opening, so what do you do? You know, as somebody who's generated over a billion dollars and is quite mm -hmm. an expert in the world of driving traffic on, mm -hmm. online, Correct. I now onboard clients who want to take their businesses, probably about 10 million up to a hundred million. Mm-hmm. So now you've weeded out somebody, not made them feel bad. Right. But they're also kind of going, wow, this guy is really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. But you didn't right. sound like you were bragging or hyping. Sure. Anyway, so that's, but that's, again, I'm playing that makes with sense. No, that's, no, I like it. But that's what I do for average people because most that's people, when I introduce them and they're on big summits and there's always someone in the audience that could actually use what they do, right. but they but say stupid things like, I'm an act, I'm, a, I'm an author, speaker, and I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I don't know right. what, what does that mean. Good for you. What did you speak right. about? What do you? What's your book about? Why? Do, and then when you ask them why, because I want to help people. No kidding. Everybody wants to help people. The guy who sold me a phone wants to help people. The guy made right. the. That's what we all do. If you can learn to be specific, you can cut out all the yeah. fluff of these conversations. Get to the meat, make deals, and move on. And life is sales, isn't it, Forbes? I mean, either somebody's buying and somebody's always selling. Whether it's in life and relationships. Okay, well, see, I hate the word sell. It's my second sure. least favorite four-letter word. I won't tell you what the first one is. But, but I, <laughs> I <do>. could guess. <laughs> but I love the craft of pitching. And mm -hmm. I think of pitching not as selling. Because sure. all I want to do with you right now is I want to excite, engage, and enroll you. Okay. Enroll you into what I'm doing. So if I said to you, hey, I've got the coolest fitness product. No, all I do with some, by the way, you know how I sell this when I meet somebody? All I say, that's all I ever say is, and by the way, I can predict what you're going to say. Let's play a little game here. Watch this. Um, do you guys want to see something cool? Yeah, go for it. You do? How did I know you're going to say yes? If I can get you to say yes, I win. I just said, you want to see something cool? Give me your thumbs. Go and put your thumbs up right there. And okay. literally, I will do that. I will put this in somebody's hands and I won't even say what it is. You do 10 seconds of this and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel this everywhere. I don't right. even say a word. And I watch people sell me. Now, there's another side to that though. If you can really craft a pitch using video, because most of my sales have been on television or online or on video. And so on home shopping, on my best day, I sold 64,000 of these and got wow. a $1.4 million check. And nobody touched it. So you then go, wow, how did you do that? Well, I structured the pitch. I showed muscles popping. I showed before and afters. I showed testimonials. And so the power of the video. So what I teach right now is how you pitch and then how you crush it on camera. And that's been amazing because most people can't communicate through this thing like you and I are doing. Right. Makes sense. Well, I think uh, we can just turn this into like a full series here. You know, the, <laughs> right. The Forbes and Kevin and John series, if you will, and just kind of yeah. keep this going and stuff like that. So Forbes, uh, uh, well, before we do that, uh, Kevin, is there any questions that you want to ask or direct to Forbes? Uh, no. Well, obviously all our contact information. I just joined her inner circle, so I started to uh, absorb that content. Oh, thank you for accepting me. Um, so no, I don't have any additional questions at the moment, John. I did love seeing you on the hot seat though. It was very, very fun seeing you uncomfortable for there for a minute. Well, yeah. And it's, and it's good training. You know, they, they yeah. say that, uh, you know, you know, 
you know, you, you got to jump in there to get more comfortable with it. And so, and that's part of it. Sometimes you just got to do a little stretch and you learn from it and we learn something from it. And uh, Absolutely. I think we learn from the best as well too. And, and thanks so much uh, Forbes for taking the time to do this. Was so One last statement you want to tell our viewers uh, about life, not necessarily about you, your products or stuff, but give somebody some advice that they could take, take home advice to go. Well, one of the things is, John, thank you for allowing me to do that because what I learned from you and so did your listeners is I felt your heart and now know why you work with kids. And that's an important thing for me that people get heard. My dad was an inventor who invented all these crazy, amazing things. And he, when he died, they were all in his garage. He never got his things out there. So, Kevin, part of it, the idea of pitching it is that you get people to understand what you love to do quickly. Sure, and sure. so for me, it comes down to what do you want? And this is actually a game I play with people almost all the time, because when I ask people, they all say the top five things. I want financial freedom. Great. Go get a cardboard right, box and live under the bridge. Then you're financially free. <laughs> we got a lot of people doing that in LA. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you got a million dollars or $2 million in the bank. You're not financially free. You've got an accountant right. and you're worried about your money. And it's never, that's not what freedom is. Absolutely. So that's not what they want. So I say, what do you want? Well, I want $10,000. That's great. You know what? If you tell me that, I'm going to say, great, let's create a system to do that. So go ask 10,000 people for a dollar. And they're like, I don't know 10,000. Great. Do you know 100? Good. Ask them for $1,000. Find one guy who will give you 10,000. There's a solution to these problems that people don't think about. So I often talk about what do you want, like Grubhub. Say, hey, Grubhub, yes, ma'am, what do you want? Um, I'm hungry. We know that. That's why you call us. Well, but what do you want? Something to eat? What do you want? I and mean, you can see how this might work in your life. Sure. Uh, I want Chinese. No, I don't want that's fattening. I want and they hang up on you. Well, that's what the universe does. And I'm going to bet that both of you guys have touched a sense of the universe where you can manifest something, where mm -hmm. you go, hey, hey, Grubhub, yeah, man, what do you want? Uh, I want a Caesar salad, extra chicken croutons on the side. Bam, 15 minutes later, at your door is Caesar salad, extra chicken croutons on the side. How did they know? Because you told them. And so this clarity of conversation, both to you and someone else, and really identifying what you want you wanted me on the show. I wanted to connect with you guys. I wanted to talk to your audience. I want your audience to go, wow, I have never really heard a woman talk like this. We hear girls talk about chakras and bliss and whatever, and we hear men. No, there's this, this woman out there who believes in people and set up forums where people can come to whatever level they are, be able to communicate better with themselves and other people, certainly with their children and the whole rest of the world. Because at the end of the day, if you're not happy, then this ride wasn't worth the ticket you bought. That's so true. In fact, yeah. uh, in closing, we're going to call Forbes Riley the grub hub of life because she delivers. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Thank you so much for being with us, Kev. As always, man, you've just been awesome to work with. And and I hope to keep this thing going, Forbes, as well. So stay cool. Uh, love your life and good luck with your future and your family as well. So for all of you that are watching this at home, we appreciate you being here. I want to remind you that we are a non-advertiser supported show. So we want you to go to Apple Podcasts. Give us give us five stars as a, as a way of saying thanks to us, as well as listen to us on Spotify. Go to our Facebook page. Rack it up there as well. Go to our YouTube page and be a part of that as well. And so once again, in closing with this great episode, I'm the big fabu, John Fondi, broadcasting from the studios in uh, beautiful, fabulous Las Vegas at UNLV. Hey, we'll see you the next time. Make it a great day.
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.